Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now! Hello, friends! Welcome to another episode of After 9. We will start off with a comment. Kat, I just shared one of the videos that we did for Christmas. We have this great initiative. It is the Christmas Tree of Hope, and we're supporting the Children's Fund for Christmas this year. And you can text 3033 to make a cash donation. Mm -hmm. Right through your phone. It's super easy. No problem. Or you can drop off a new unwrapped toy at various locations. For example, in Kitchener-Waterloo, drop it off at Waterloo Brewing. In Hamilton and area, various fire halls, you can drop it off at our station in Hamilton, Energy 95.3, and more. So we did a video to promote it. It's on our Instagram now. First question that comes up, Scott, did you get married? I forgot I was wearing, what? The, I was wearing the ring so in the how video. How do people even notice that? I have I'm no idea. I'm the worst, though. I don't, I don't observe those things. I thought they were going to talk about your head, <laughs> your head being a little... We did a green screen, guys, and it wasn't perfect, okay? We weren't actually at the North Pole. <laughs> I know. You thought we were in front of a giant Christmas tree, but we weren't. Um, oh, they, they noticed that. Yeah, you, but you've talked about those commitment rings on the... Uh, commitment rings. Are that what we're going with? What is it, it called? It is a commitment yeah. ring. Yeah. So you talked about the commitment rings on the podcast before, but I guess some people just haven't seen it yet. Well, we could do that for the new listeners. Basically, I wear a ring. And no, I'm not married. My girlfriend also wears a ring. We aren't wearing expensive jewelry or anything, by the way. It's a silicone ring. And, and I think that that's perfect. Because even though we're not married, i.e. we stood up and in mm -hmm. front of whomever and, and said whatever and apparently the, and paid the tax to the city, you don't need to do that to be committed. And we are committed. So we carry on as though we're in a committed, well, we are in a committed relationship, <laughs> but we carry on as though we're married. We just don't happen to be. But I think there's something nice about wearing a ring. It's nice to know there's somebody thinking about you and that somebody thinks you're theirs. So I am all in favor of the commitment ring, whether you're married or not. And the best part is they're cheap. You can get 10 of them for $10 yeah. on, on Amazon. Sure. Mix and match. I always coordinate my my ring for the day with the watch strap that I'm wearing with my Apple Watch. Perfect. So, Great. I mean, hey, there's a lot of different ways that you can accessorize it. But if that's something that sounds good to you, follow me for more great hints like that. <laughs> there's no rules there. And speaking of which, when it comes to your life and, and rules and people thinking you should live one way or the other, we've got uh, some great stuff coming up on the podcast, including uh, this model who has given out her after years, by the way, of being asked why she doesn't have kids, has decided to release a list of her 118 reasons, albeit some of them are duplicated, but that's fine. I'll, I'll let it slide. She was doing it as she went, uh, of not having kids, which is semi-controversial. So that's still to come. Let's start off with last night in the NHL. I've never seen anything like this. A lot of penalties handed out in the Ottawa Senators-Florida Panthers game. Let's play you just a little bit of how it got started. Listen to this. Somebody. And he ends up grabbing Ackman Larson at the end. He was at the end of a change there, and the Senators were outnumbered, so he came tearing in. <laughs> Root to the net. 
but he has to go around it as he's still having words with with Gadjevich and Stenlund takes a poke at him and this thing is going to heat up. Okay, so that's just a little bit of the war on the ice last night. What happened after that? I kind of feel for the NHL referees because they've got to sort it all out after a Donnie Brooks like that. Especially when it was like such a gong show and they're like, oh gosh, where do we start? Where do you start? I think they did the smartest thing possible. You know what? I don't know who did what, so fuck it. Everybody gets a penalty. Listen to this. Ottawa penalty number seven has two minutes for goaltender interference, two minutes for roughing. Florida number 12 has two minutes for roughing, and then every player on the ice has a 10-minute misconduct. Florida will have a two-minute power play. <laughs> yeah, There's plenty of room now for everyone. <laughs> Paul Maurice is counting how many are on the bench here. Do they even One, all fit two, on the bench? Do they even all fit? There was so much room on the bench. They only had seven guys there. Normally, there's 20 plus. But on the penalty area? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it must have been stacked, like people sitting on each other's laps. So did they, were they able to play? Like what happened after that? Yeah. I mean, they just go until the penalties are up. Uh, Although the misconduct. What was it on? Was it like one on one? (laughs) Like, (laughs) But that would be good. That would be funny. I didn't watch the actual game. I just saw the highlight this morning because the entire hockey community was buzzing about it. That's bizarre. Every player on the ice, 10-minute misconduct penalty. Okay. That's a great way to settle it. While we're playing audio, let's talk about uh, news out of the business and entertainment world. One of the greats, Mark Cuban, is leaving Shark Tank. Yeah, he is. Uh, He's been on the show for a long, long time. The upcoming 16th season will be Mark's last. Actually, we can hear from Mark. He was on a podcast recently, kind of like low-key announcing this because he didn't want to make a big deal of it. But here's what he had to say. You know, this is our 15th year. Next year, 16th year is going to be my last year. So this is like one more year to go. Um, Breaking news. Yeah. (laughs) Hanging Um, his shoes up. Yeah, right. It's time. Um, I feel like in doing Shark Tank all these years, we've trained a generation of entrepreneurs, multiple generations of entrepreneurs, that if somebody can come from Iowa or Sacramento or wherever and show up on the carpet on Shark Tank and show their business and get a deal, that's going to inspire Everybody. generations of kids mm-hmm. right and that's what happens right so now we got people coming on yeah i watched you when you were 10 years when i was 10 years old right 15 yeah. years ago i'm like um <laughs> you know but but we're helping them right and yeah. you know i've invested in, i don't even know how many hundreds of companies and on a cash basis i'm a, down a little bit but on a mark to market meaning the companies are still in operation mm-hmm. i'm way up like i've got this company beatbox beverage that I bought a third of the company for a million dollars and I've been diluted some, but they just did a raise at 200 million. Oh wow. Right, okay. Dude Wipes, if you've ever seen them, yeah. right? I gave them, I don't even remember, like 250 grand for 20% of the company. They're doing $50 million a year. They'll do $100 million That's in sales. Awesome. They're killing it. Mm-hmm. So I've got all these companies that are killing it, but it's not, you know, they're not sold yet or anything. Mm-hmm. So on a mark to market basis, I'm up 10 X. Mm-hmm. That's dope. That's crazy. Yeah. Like think about that, that amount of money. <laughs> 20, what was it? 250 grand for 20% of the company or whatever that was. They just did millions. Yeah. Millions. And this guy's making money hand over fist for doing yeah. nothing now. And it's, it is when he wants to opt out a or B if they sell the company, that's where you make your big dough. I remember that happened with uh, a couple of the sharks it, it previously where their companies had been ma- made a big Lori was one of the ones where they decided to sell the company. And she's like, great. Cause she got like a third essentially of hundreds of millions of dollars. So it ended up being a better investment than just sticking with the company, which was really up to the company. Right. Uh, very cool. But anyway, I like Mark. I 
like uh, Mark as a shark. Um, I think he's a, a pretty good one. But it also kind of leaves room and makes room for someone else to to join. And it's always an interesting show to watch, I find. I like when they bring on the, the different guests, depending on who they are. But uh, it's always interesting to see that. It was weird the way he was describing that because I felt that feeling. When someone comes up to you, a kid comes up to you and they're like, oh, my God, I've been... Uh, I've been watching you since I was a kid. I've been watching you since I was a child. And they're not a kid now. They're like an adult. But they say they've been watching you since a kid. People come up to me in radio sometimes and they're like, oh, my God, I've been listening to you for as long as I can remember since I was a yeah. kid going yeah. to school. And they'll be like, remember, I, I showed you my son, uh, Eric. This is Eric now. And he's like, hey, dude, what's up? Yeah, <laughs> and you like, met him when he was like two. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. And, and it's great. It's flattering. And I certainly appreciate the loyalty. But God damn it, is it ever hard to hear sometimes? Teachers can definitely relate to that, too. I know a lot of like teacher friends that have been doing it long enough where they're like, oh, my God, they graduated high school. I taught them great, too. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> what? That's got to be weird for yeah, teachers, totally too, weird. right? Like yeah. you dealt with them. You probably helped them put their boots on and tie yes. their shoes. And now they're playing in the fucking NHL. That's right. It's really cool. Uh, one more thing I want to play. Actually, you know, I'm going to save the teacher and the cell phones because that's going to get everybody all riled up. Well, yeah. What I'll do first is I'm going to go through some of the top trending stories from today. We'll start in Toronto. As rumored, the province is going to take over control of the Gardner Expressway and the DVP. They're going to be part of the Ministry of Transportation, 400 series highways. Ontario will look after the Gardner and the DVP, okay. which is good. That also takes a lot of expense off of Toronto's plate. They're calling it a historic deal between the city of Toronto and the province of Ontario. Premier Ford says Toronto is going to get $1.2 billion over the next three years, but they got to use it for this. Two light rail lines, LRTs. They will uh, open up more homeless shelter spaces, actually a lot up more of them, and they're going to hire more transit cops to make sure that the TTC system is as safe as humanly possible. Great. The province, again, is uploading to their responsibility the Gardner and DVP. So Toronto's getting cash. They don't have to worry about the Gardner or the DVP anymore. That's going to save them billions a year. What's Toronto need for all this? Well, they've agreed to look the other way and drop their opposition to the redevelopment of Ontario Place. Hmm. Okay, I'm not going to call Olivia Chow a sellout because it's a great deal. Good for you. You've got a lot of shit for Toronto. But I'm pretty sure, Olivia, you said, no, this is not a good use of Ontario Place and we will fight it. Doug wants to open a spa and create an entertainment venue and stuff like that. And I happen to agree with him. I, I haven't seen any other good ideas for it. Relocate the science center, put in an entertainment venue and a spa. We'll all go and have a great time. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But there's some people who feel that's a horrible waste of Ontario Place right on the waterfront. Mm -hmm. Olivia Chow vowed to stand up and fight it. All Doug had to do, like a dog, he just waved a little bit of money in her face. And she was like, okay, no problem. It's a weird deal, and progressives in particular are having a hard time swallowing this. And I don't know if it's because some of this money has to be used for ha or for cops, and some of it is being used for LRTs and such. I don't know if that's why or if they just don't like the premier, but congratulations, Doug Ford. We finally got this done. Toronto solved most of its budget crisis. The highways are going to get run and maintained by the people who are supposed to run and maintain highways. Ontario Place is going to go forward. Seems like this is a great day. Okay. Well, that's good. The Freedom Convoy trial in Ottawa is starting to wrap up. 
This has gone on for months. Oh my gosh, still? And it's now still they're, happening? they're finally down to the defense's closing arguments. So this is Chris Barber and Tamara Leach. And what they're arguing in court right now is a very simple point. They're going to say, and they have been making the point for a day now, there's zero evidence that links us as the quote unquote organizers of the freedom trial to any of the stuff that was actually illegal that happened. People that were, I don't know, if there was an assault, if there was somebody that was warned to move their truck and didn't and they were blocking critical infrastructure and they got a, a ticket, whatever. Yeah. We all heard about some shitty stuff that happened there. They haven't actually connected any of those things to Chris Barber or Tamara Leach. They're probably going to walk. The Crown had such a weird case that they tried to lay out that after all that and all the time they spent in jail on a fucking mischief charge... They're probably going to walk at this point. Hmm. So it's still up to the judge, but we will see. Uh, StatsCan says for the first, nope, sorry, for the third year in a row, our life expectancy as Canadians has gone down again. Again? Back in 2019, the average life expectancy of a Canadian was 82.3 years old. Average. Well, it's now down to 81.3. Leading causes are heart disease and cancer, Mm -hmm. accounting for 41.8% of all deaths last year. Yep. How have... We're going backwards, Kat. I mean, our life expectancy should be constantly rising, not declining. It it should be, but our, our, our life that we're living is constantly changing, and you wonder if it's changing for the worse, not the better. How do we still not have cancer beat? We're in the middle of November now. In fact, we're close to the end. A couple more days to go. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to make a contribution to a great cause for uh, men's cancers yeah. and for mental health. When I think about the millions of dollars that are going to get raised and then the millions more that were raised in October during Run for the Cure and stuff like that. And then the Terry Fox run the month before that. And we all know how it yeah. goes. Millions of dollars every year from the exact same medical establishment that somehow four different companies all came up with a vaccine for this mystery, never heard of respiratory virus called COVID. They all came up with a vaccine in weeks. Within four weeks of each other, they did it. Zero progress on cancer? Really? Nothing? Well, I mean, they're always progressing, but it's slow, right? It, that's what it is. It's it's slow. It takes a long time. There's always new treatment options, but they, it's such a rigorous process when people aren't like, when it's not like a pandemic, which was COVID, right? When you have the go-ahead, the green light, go, 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 then people will are able to do it. But a lot of money's poured into it, that's for sure. And there are some great treatment options, and that's good. And and I would say that it's m- many lives were saved because of it. But it would be nice to just get rid of it altogether. Just be away with cancer. Hey, you have cancer? Hey, come on down. Here you go. Boop, boop. You're done. You don't have it anymore. I would love that. What a world. That, what a lovely world that would be. I would love for a day when they come out and say, hey, we figured it out. Great. Thanks for the trillions of dollars in donations over the many decades here. We finally figured out a cure for cancer. But is there an incentive I mean, for them look, to do it? Yeah, and like you I don't know. know. As long as we keep giving this, the money, why would they cure it? How far it? down this do you want to go? I mean, yeah, of course. There's a lot of conspiracies that there probably is one. But think about how many jobs would be done. Wouldn't they move on to the next thing, though, is they what would. always pisses me off. It's yes. like, okay, but let's, we could close a chapter on that, and you can move on to research other things. There's still so much more research that needs to be put into Alzheimer's diagnoses and, and dementia and MS. And, and I mean, and you that. name it. There's a fucking bucket. There's a list. We have a two-year list to replace people's hips. I mean, Fuck. come on. There's a lot of shit we could do, but ugh, anyway.
Canada Goose executives are getting high praise from me in particular. <laughs> Back uh, last week when we were getting ready to celebrate Black Friday, Canada Goose did something that I think every publicly traded company should do. All of their executives were assigned different stores throughout the world and told to go work in their stores on Black Friday. 15 of Canada Goose's top executives all took on jobs as sales associates at select stores around the world on Black Friday. The president of the company, Carrie Baker, worked at a store in Montreal. She greeted shoppers, helped them try on coats, and even worked the cash for a little while. Baker says she's going to make some changes based on the points that she discovered as soon as she reconvenes with the rest of the leadership team. This is good. Imagine being in that ivory tower. You are an executive on a publicly traded company. You're making money like you've never seen before. You get bonuses even when sales are bad. You get stock options. You're living the life. You're probably fairly disconnected from people like us that actually go to these stores and buy the product that allows you to have those bonuses and massive salary. What's wrong with making those executives go? You know what? Fuck this. Get out of the ivory tower. You go work a retail job. You go work in a mall on Black Friday. You mm -hmm. deal with the customers and see what the issues are. Yep. Do the stores flow okay? Is it a quick and efficient checkout process? Are people trying to pay with Bitcoin and we don't accept Bitcoin? Like there's so many things that management could discover if they actually did the job. The problem is yeah. there's too many people that once they reach executive level, they're too good to do the job. That's right. There's some companies that will implement it. And like um, like Canada Goose, that's great. I know DoorDash is one of those too. I don't know if it happens as much in Canada, but speaking of Shark Tank, it was the CEO. His name was Tony. He was on the uh, the program and they have a Wee Dash. It's, that's what it's called, where executives have to once a month make a delivery. You could choose your day and time, but you hop on the app and you're delivering something so you can be in their shoes and you can understand the business a little bit better. I think that does nothing but help your business run a little bit smoother and help you sympathize with your employees and help you understand what they go through. I don't even care if we're talking about like any, any business could do this, even for managers of a retail store that maybe spend more time in the office than they do on the floor. They should spend one, one day every now and again on the floor, seeing what they're employees see I, I think i'd love to hear our bosses do a radio show every now and again right yeah well that would be interesting wouldn't it be interesting it though? would be interesting uh oh yeah uh a whole bunch more things here but we're going to do these real quick because i want to get to schools in uh, cell phones in schools and i really want to get to this model who has come up with 118 reasons to not have children this one is going to be hard to hear cat but as the dad of a young man, I want to mention this story because I think it's important. The parents of a 12-year-old boy who killed himself after falling prey to an online sextortion scam are now urging all parents, talk to your kids about online predators. The boy's mom says her son Carson often used Snapchat to communicate with others. That's when a predator convinced him to send photos, and then tried to scam and extort him to not release the photos. Mom says, no matter how active you are with your kids in their internet use, you need to be more active and monitor what they're doing. The RCMP says the practice of predators extorting people for money or sexual favors is on the rise. Cybertip.ca says many sextortion victims are boys or young men. 
this used to be a female problem. There was a lot of people that would try and exploit young girls online. Send us pictures, do this, do that. These scammers have actually found it's a lot easier to scam the boys in a lot of cases. And here are boys who think they're talking to a young girl online. Mm -hmm. They start swapping pics back and forth. And lo and behold, now the scammer has got some some D pics of this kid. He's shit scared that it's going to get out. This one killed himself, a 12-year-old. Jeez, I, I couldn't imagine. Me either. The people who do this, I there's got to be a day sometime soon where the FBI is able to just find people, right? If you were engaged in enough conversation back and forth, enough to, to extort someone online, they must be able to find you. I, I'd be totally okay with minimum 25 years in prison, especially if the person yep. harms themselves because of it. But the message from this mom, and it must have been so hard to talk about this, the message from the mom is spot on. Even if you think you're doing everything right and you're proactive in your kid's internet use, you can never be too proactive. And if nothing else, you've got to leave the lines of communication open so that your kid doesn't think, oh shit, I sent dick pics. And, I can't and, tell my parents. I can't tell anybody. I can't tell my siblings, whatever the case might be. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Yeah. They've got to know and, and trust that yeah. when they come to you and say, I screwed up and did this, but now they're trying to get money out of me or they're going to release the photos. Bring as many people that you trust into that situation and resolve it. And do not be afraid to go to the police. The first thing they'll tell you is, don't go to the police. First thing you should do is go to the police and they'll treat it discreetly. They will do an investigation silently before anybody knows that the investigation is even happening. Let's get these sons of bitches that would do this and let's not lose any more young people taking their own lives because of something so innocent and innocuous. So scary. And it's fucked up that people would do that in this world. Like, it, God, the, uh, the amount of time that people spend doing this shit, it, you know. I hate this I, place I sometimes. I hate this planet sometimes. Honestly, which will go hand in hand with the story that we have coming up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that too. Uh, oh, you know, it didn't get a lot of attention because it happened on the weekend. But God, is this ever sad too. Four teenagers killed in a car accident north of Toronto over the weekend were all Chinese students. The Chinese consulate in Toronto says the Chinese embassy verified the details of what happened with the OPP and then contacted the families of the victims. Four teenagers and a 42-year-old woman were killed in a collision in Huntsville late Saturday night. The teens were between 15 and 17 years old. Fucking terrible. Horrible stuff. Police in Toronto looking for help identifying the person who stole $300,000 worth of jewelry. From a parked vehicle. Mm, that sounds sketchy. Yeah, the vehicle in yeah. a parking lot seems like a great place to leave $300,000 worth of jewelry. So the person wasn't inside the vehicle, just the jewelry was. Yep. And you just leave it there? Yeah. Who leaves $300,000 in jewelry and just leaves the car? October 19th, it was at Albion and Highway 27. The suspect smashed the passenger window of a parked vehicle and stole a bag, which contained $300,000 yeah, worth of jewelry. wow. Sketchy. That sounds set up. This is an inside job, right? hundred percent. It wasn't just a random, oh, there's a bag on that seat. I'll smash the window and steal the bag. Oh my God, I won the lottery. Oh, $300,000. Someone just left this $300,000 in jewelry behind and left the car right here for us. And this date, by the way, that area is not the safest, is it? No. no. So, so who would do that? Far be it for me to shit on the fine area of Highway 27 and Albion Road, but I wouldn't exactly be raising kids. Yeah, there. right, right, right. It's, I mean, there's a. I mean, that could could that happen anywhere? Sure, but I'm just saying, especially when you add all those things together, the math ain't mathin'. I don't buy it.
Okay, is there anything else I want to fit into this here? Because we're about to jump into some real hot topics that are going to be great. Oh, so far, it looks like the um, the ceasefire between Israel and Hamas is holding up. Oh, good. They may even extend it for a couple more days and okay. swap more hostages for more prisoners. Thank you. Oh, good. We just want peace. Yep. If this, if this goes six days minimum with peace, amazing. Great job all around. Going to play you uh, some audio. It is from TikTok. It is from an educator who's talking about something that they started doing down in Florida this school year. We've talked about doing it here, but frankly, we don't have the balls to do it or the parents to back it. Ban all cell phones in school. We've talked about this even in the last couple of months, Kat. And the argument that I keep hearing is, oh, it's for educational purposes. Kids need it because they... They research, and sometimes there's YouTube videos they got to watch, and and they use the calculator and all that shit. Uh, okay. Well, if there's an emergency, the parents need to be able to get a hold of them. Uh, uh, okay. All right. Would school be better if there were no cell phones, no exceptions, no questions asked? Phones go off when you get to the building. They go back on when you leave school property. Here are the results of the experiment that they've been doing in Florida has banned cell phones for the entire school day. This went into effect in September in Orlando's Orange County Public School System. 264 schools and 200,000 students have to follow this ban. So not only can students not use phones during class, they can't use them during breaks. They have to keep them in their backpacks, not their pockets. There's a we see it, we take it policy. And on the first day, more than 100 phones were confiscated from students. Wow. In the following days, confiscations dropped dramatically. This school district has seen a drop in bullying, a rise in student engagement. Teachers report that there's been a newfound life injected into their classrooms. Students are more talkative and more collaborative. So I wonder, what do you guys think about this no phone policy Mm. in schools? What yeah, do you think, Kat? Yeah. Okay. I'm all for it. I, I don't see a need. I'm going to use the word need. Stress that. For kids to have them in class. Like, it, 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 sure, it could be a part of the lesson for some teachers. And in that case, maybe you make a special rule like, hey, you know what? We need it because we're going to do this. And it's a special situation. Aside from that, there's no need for it. And I, do, I truly believe this teacher when they're telling us that, there's more collaboration and people are paying attention more. The phone is a very distracting thing for a lot of people, young people and, and older people alike. Um, so there's, a, a, I think, a lot of people who would support this, but there's still going to be those people who don't. There's still going to be those people who say, well, my kid needs to get a hold of me. I don't know. Do they? I no, mean, look, a lot of you and, and the people who say that they went to school without one. Sure. I know they did. Like I did. I had a cell phone, but it wasn't the same as the cell phones we have today. Right. I had a cell but I had to, it was just for texting and calling and that's all I could possibly do. But now it's it's the kids' everything. So if that's their way to see something that their friend just talked about, they're going to want to see it. They don't want to wait. They're impatient. And that's kind of the society we brought them up in. So when you bring that into the classrooms, understandably, that's their go-to. They want to look at it and then they get distracted and then they're not paying attention and then it affects their learning and then that frustrates the teacher and then that could frustrate the class or have the class uh, lessons kind of turn upside down. And that's not what we want. They're in there to learn. Same shit as we've always done for years. So I, I think there's nothing wrong with that. When you hear all the pros and the biggest pro for me was the amount of bullying dropped dramatically. Interesting, right? So much of the bullying, back to that story we just told about the 12-year-old who took his own life. So much of this shit begins online. 
take the phones out of the school setting and watch how things change. The problem is, you're absolutely right. We've raised a generation of addicted children. They have an honest-to-God addiction to their device, and, and you know how hard it is to break an addiction. Have you ever tried to quit smoking or drinking or drugs? It's hard to quit something you're used to doing. So the only way this works is if everybody does it and if the parents back it. Because if the parents are going to undermine it and say, well, just keep it in your bag. You know, just keep it. And if I text you, like, just text me back like one word or two words. And they start coming up with, up with ways to get around it. That can't happen. It's got to be a full-blown ban. This school has a sign out front between 7.30 a.m. and 2.20 p.m., absolutely no cellular devices. Good. That's the way it should be. Devices, if they're seen, they get taken. Yeah, so kids keep, aren't keep them in your bag. It. Keep them in your bag. That's what the kids are. So, again, and they they've learned. They've managed to figure it out. If we do this for students, though, isn't it reasonable to expect that the teachers would also do it? And I don't know that we would get even fifty percent buy-in if we went to teachers, grown adults who are at work, and said, "No phone, put it away." Of course, there's many workplaces that do have a ban on cell phones, and that's just the way it is. Company policy. There's also a lot of workplaces, though, where it's perfectly okay to use your phone as long as you don't abuse the privilege and you do Mm -hmm. get your work done. Is that fair to ask teachers to give up their phone, too, in the name of creating a true learning environment? I mean, I see the commercials from QP and Opsu and all these other fucking maniacs. They're all going on and on about it's about the students. It's about the education. It's the quality of education. Blah, blah, blah. Maybe we should put away the phones. Yeah. There's a lot of teachers on their phones just as much as kids are on theirs. I mean, um, a confiscation, probably take that out for teachers. But sure, not needing it in the classroom is probably true. Um, We did get a couple of teachers weighing in on this today when we talked about it on a radio show, including this texter that said, I understand the hypocrisy of taking them away from kids, but having teachers use them. But the difference is we have learned how to manage our phone use. At least most of us have. Well, and the students have not. Uh, Okay, but one thing I would also point out is this entire new crop of teachers that are all like 22 to 25 years old, they're part of the generation that was raised on cell phones. So no, I don't buy that, that we've learned how to govern ourselves. I don't think you have. And frankly, you're right, what you said at the beginning. The ban is a ban is a ban. We should all abide by the ban. The only way you could probably convince me that this is necessary is from a purely safety standpoint, i.e., If the school goes into lockdown and people are hiding under desks and shit, maybe it would be helpful if teachers could communicate with each other. Yeah. That's the only scenario I can think of where these phones may be necessary. Right. Yeah. Um, More text uh, agreeing with this. Someone pointing out their daughter's in grade nine and has to come home every day and charge her phone right away. So obviously (laughs) is on her phone far too much. So they're all for, hey, I wish they could ban it in schools. Um, I'm a parent. I support no phone use in school, but putting it in the backpack is not secure enough for me. Uh, I wouldn't leave my wallet in the backpack. I'm not going to leave that $1,000 phone in the backpack. So don't send it to school. But the thing is, A, you could, yeah, you could do that. Or don't they have lockers though? They do. Like kids have lockers. Most. The high schools have lockers. I mean, in my mind, I'm talking high school, right? That's what we're talking about here. So put the shit in the locker and lock it up. I love when people come up with problems before the problem exists. Well, they, they can't keep it in their backpack. It's not secure and blah, blah, blah. Everybody's in the exact same boat, first off. And if you're truly worried about security, don't send your phone. One of the things that really struck me about the text that came in today is I, dis- I got the distinct vibe that there's a lot of parents out there who support this because they want the school to do it. They don't want to. 
as parents, it's tough to take away your kid's phone. In a lot of ways, it's one of the most punishing things you can do to a child Mm -hmm. is take away their device because they're fucking addicted. We need to understand that. It's an addiction. If we take that away, that's a huge deal for kids. That's not just their entertainment. That's their communication. It's their connection to the outside world. In some cases, it's their banking. It's their ID. It's everything. It's everything. Parents know their kids are on their devices way too much, but there's a lot of parents who don't have the balls to stand up to their kid and say, we're putting restrictions on this or you lose it altogether. And a monkey see, monkey do situation too, right? And parents themselves parents are addicted. parents themselves are on it and, and the kids see them on it and that's why they can't wait till they get their cell phone. Anyone who has young kids, everyone else has like young kids like me, under the age of 10, I'll say, is young kids. I, I'll get asked now, my six-year-old, when can I have one of those? I'm like, you don't need one, you're six. But it happens early, right? They see other people using it, they want to use it, they want to understand what it's about and they want to be able to take photos and they want to try to learn how to talk to people. So you have to learn how to manage it, I think, early on would be the best thing. Not that I have the perfect solution, my kids aren't there yet. But man, if you have one, if you have a perfect solution, feel free to DM me because I'll get to that stage at some point where I have to figure out how much is too much when it's time for them to have one. I don't know if we would ever get to that point. I'm not sure if there's the will in Ontario to ban cell phones, but I I think that if we did it in schools, it would probably be doing a favor for a lot of parents because it would help them break that addiction. The uh, The only thing that I did understand from a teacher that messaged us today was if you knew what kind of students I had and you want to try to grab their phone and take it out of their hands, it's a dangerous, it's literally a dangerous situation for I believe me. that too. So they're worried about that. But that's only if you, deci- like, if you decide it's a banned school-wide, I think you'd have a lot of people backing you, right? You would have people backing you up with that. Let's hope. Or kick the kid out if they're going to do it and then call their parents. Your kid's a little shit and won't give up their phone, so we're kicking them out. I, kids I would, don't know. Kids would probably argue they have a right to it, and there's probably going to be protests yeah, and walks yeah, yeah, and yeah, marches yeah, yeah. and walkouts <laughs> and all that Maybe. bullshit. Yeah. It's all coming. But I, I think that if we decide that this is the way it's going to go and we actually want less bullying, more engagement, mm-hmm. kids that are more excited about going to and being at school, all of those things, sounds like the phone's got to go. It's just a matter of who's going to have the balls to do it. Yeah. One more thing, and this one is hot. It is a hot take um, for sure. I, should, I shouldn't say hot take necessarily. Uh, there's a lot of people who don't want kids. Um, and, and specifically for this, we will talk about the people who choose not to have children, okay? Because I know that there's a lot of people out there who are just unable to have them, who tr- who've tried. So that's not really what we're talking about. We're talking about couples who have decided not to have kids. There's an Australian model uh, slash actress. You might have heard of her, maybe not. She's uh, got a decent amount of Instagram followers here, but her name is Ellie Gonzalez. And she shared a list after years of being with her partner. I think she was with her partner for 15 years total as of right now. And she, has, she said she's been asked for years. Why do you want children? Why do you want children? So she started to compile a list. And this was privately for herself for many, many years and said, you know what? I'm just going to put it out there because I am sick of people asking. She says, some people are made to be parents and that is amazing. And I'm happy if you're happy. That life is just not for me. So with that, I will share my reasons why I Remain child-free. Before you get to the list, it's amazing that anyone felt so much pressure that they had to create a list just in case they're ever asked about it. And how many times have you heard it yourself? When are you going to have kids? Oh, you're getting married. Will there be kids? People ask that nosy, invasive question so often. People still ask me, are you guys going to have more kids and blah, blah, blah. Get the fuck out of here. It's none of your business what we intend to do. It's always worse for women. 
And in case in point, here, here's a good example of when I realized, holy shit, the world is definitely fucking wonky when it comes to it. When Matthew Perry passed away, it's that moment that I realized he didn't have kids. But tell me how many fucking times it was brought up that Jennifer Aniston, his co-star, didn't have kids. All the time. All the time. That alone, right there, I was like, that's a great example. Nobody fucking bothered Matthew Perry. Hey, when are you going to have kids? When are you going to date? When are you going to have... Nobody fucking did it. So I understand from her point of view and from a woman's point of view especially, and that's all I can come at it from is a woman's point of view. I get it. And if you choose not to have kids... Just know that there's people out there that are decent and not like the people commenting on this Instagram post that I'm going to talk about. But let's go to the reasons to remain child-free, according to Ellie. I'm going to say a lot of these are very much about the pregnancy part, which to me is interesting because that's such a small part of parenthood. Yeah, I mean, that's how it begins, but it's completely different after the baby is born. Tiny, tiny. It's a tiny part, my my opinion. So if, if for some reason you're swaying, you're on the fence of like, I don't know because I'm afraid of the pregnancy... That ain't nothing. Having the, having the kids in your life is, that's the deciding point. My personal opinion. But anyway, they're your, I'm just going to read off a bunch of them. There's, again, guys, there's 118. I'm going to read some of the ones I couldn't read on the radio show today, though, in, with this. Um, so number one for her, they're your responsibility until the day you die. Postpartum hair loss. You're tired all the time. Kids can inherit emotional trauma. The world's already overpopulated. You'll watch your child scramble for the already limited resources out there, like jobs and housing. You become second priority to your partner. Uh, you could fuck up your vagina. <laughs> Kids can be wildly embarrassing. Kids can be rude. Kids can be ungrateful. You watch them grow up in a world full of chaos and stress. They can turn into a serial killer. They could turn into a rapist. They can be bullied. They can be bullies. Kids are rude. Body swelling, face swelling, feet swelling. You could get an infection on the C-section scar. You could tear. You can get kidney stones from pregnancy. You won't sleep. You'll constantly worry about their troubles. Their suffering is your suffering. The existence of child predators. Children are noisy. You're more susceptible to yeast infections while pregnant. You have to change poopy diapers every day. You could die during childbirth. They'll drain you of everything you have. You'll have to constantly prioritize your kids before your own. What if they get abducted? What if they get trafficked? (laughs) You have to take your kids to sporting events on weekends. All of the stuff you love, you have to put to the side. No sex six weeks after birth. Uh, pregnancy back pains. I mean, you name it. All these very, very specific ones. Uh, you'll more than likely shit yourself during childbirth. If you have kids and you regret it, you're stuck with them. You're stuck with your partner because you want to work things out for the kids. Uh, a fetus can pee inside you. (laughs) (laughs) The body can fracture your tailbone on exit if they're too big. You will cry a lot. Uh, your house will never be clean again. Uh, your relationship with your fun friends will change. You will always get FOMO. You guys get the gist. I think I've named off enough of them for you to understand. And very few of them are refutable. They're all, I'm not saying they're good they reasons, ha- but it, they are all actual reasons. Can they happen? Yes. Are they reasons not to? That's what the question is. That's right. where the question lies. A lot of people will hear all those and maybe they went through all those. most of those won't happen to you just because they can happen. Doesn't mean they will happen to you. You never know, especially again, I come from this as a woman who was pregnant twice. You never know what you're going to get. You just don't know. You cannot plan for it. And if you're afraid of of that, I, I get it. A lot of people are afraid. Most of these are pregnancy, which again, I find interesting because that's not the majority of parenthood. Well, let me ask you, would that be the equivalent of, I love the beach and I love the sand between my toes, but I can never go on an all inclusive because I'm afraid to fly. In other words, you might really love parenthood. Right. 
if you can just get over the the process of having one. Right. I think that that's a good similarity because I don't think there's anything that's apples to apples. I think that's pretty close, though. Sure. Which I think that's pretty close. Flying childbirth. It's very accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So on its own, on its own, before we read some of the shittiest people in the world's text messages. There's some rude, but there's some people signing with her. But anyway, yeah. I think that in and itself, very few of those reasons are reasons to not have a kid. A lot of them are very petty, very trivial, very... People are saying vain, if that's what you want to go with. Vain, unreasonable, okay. But that's okay to have those reasons. But also, they're not untrue. I mean, yeah, yeah it will wreck it's your okay. vagina, or it could. It, it will could. do this. It will See? do that, yeah. But I will say that add it all up, she's come up with enough compelling reasons in her head to not have children. And by the way, her body, her choice, if she doesn't want to have kids, not only is that her decision, it's nobody else's business. Yeah. Nobody, including her own mother, should be questioning her about why she's not having kids. Sometimes it's the people closest to you that bug you the most about it, too. I bet that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let me read off some of these. And I know they're fucking, ho- some of these people are horrible. Great decision, Ellie. We don't want you breeding. If only your parents made the same choice as you. Damn. Fucking rude. Uh-huh. You're oh, list- my God. I'm going to get so mad listening I know, to these. I know, I know. I'm going to read off some good ones that we got this morning, though, from our, our listeners are amazing. I'm going to say that much. Well, they're smart people. These are from the Instagram followers. Your list on why you don't want kids are negative, but what about the positives? Try listing the positives. They completely outweigh. Of course, it's a person's choice as to whether they want to be a parent, but a lot on your list are extremely vain reasons. Uh, This person says, having children makes you selfless. All your thoughts are on this tiny human being you brought into this world, and the love is amazing. You'll never experience that in your life. Have fun. Like, come on! Um... Uh, so much fear here. Better not to have kids if that's what you will instill into them anyway. Oh, get the... Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I don't even want to read too many of these because... But you have people siding with her in understanding. Uh, more understanding ones like, why are people so bothered? It's none of your business. This literally has zero effect on your life. Why are you so upset with it? I side more with that. Why do you give a shit? As long, Here's my rule of life. We're talking kids to have or not. We're talking religion, whatever you follow or not. As long as nobody's getting hurt... I don't give a flying fuck what you do. Mm-hmm. I don't care. As l- again, as long as nobody's getting hurt, live the life you want to live. And in this particular case, she's decided to live the life she wants to live. And nobody should say a word. And unfortunately, there is so much pressure. Speaking uh, from a woman especially, you'll get comments like, oh, you better oh, just you better do it soon. Or, oh, you better wait. Or you, you shouldn't give anyone your thoughts on it. it. By all means, if they're asking you, if it's a daughter coming to a mother or even a father, whatever, saying, what do you think? Should I have kids younger? I want your opinion. Totally different. But don't bite your nose into it. And, it, you, and also, you don't know the struggles people are going through. In this particular case, she's choosing not to. I have a lot of friends who are unable to. And they're still getting bombarded and asked those questions. Well, have you tried everything? How about you fuck off? Like, how about you? I'm sure that they've gone through. No, a, I enough, tried once and quit. Yeah, like, fuck ha, off. like, come on. Like, I, I again, it's just, I don't know if it's like a perspective thing or what, but shit needs to change if this is still happening today. One thing I want to mention here is, and this is coming up. This is something that we're hearing rumblings about, and I think it's going to blow up into a bigger issue. There is a proposal in Ontario from the Ontario NDP that we should provide free contraception on demand for anyone who wants it, anyone would be able to get the pill or whatever it is that people use. Sure. Nobody should be afraid of this. Nobody should hold up their hand and say, I don't want to pay for somebody else's fucking birth control. Stop that shit right now. 
Stop it. Stop it. We are in a... Nothing has changed since the day the earth was formed. Women's reproductive cycles are far more complex and expensive than men's. The fact that women have to go out every month and buy period products. The fact that women have to go out and and uh, get the battery of tests that they have to get done on a regular basis. All shit that guys don't have to do, by mm-hmm. the way. Guys should automatically take themselves out of this conversation because it has nothing to do with us. So contraceptive products is a little different, obviously, from menstrual products. Menstrual products, they should be available for free everywhere. I have no problem with that. We have a a hope and a need for women to use that reproductive cycle to have children. And if they choose to do that, we should not make it any more expensive or provide any more barriers for it. When it comes to contraception, one thing I would like to point out is it's not just for preventing unwanted pregnancies. It is also for many health benefits. And if a doctor and a woman sit down and make the choice together that you should be on the pill, it's none of anybody's business. And if we have to pay for it as taxpayers... Think about all the dumb shit we do pay for. We don't pay for this. It's wrong. Absolutely funded. Women's contraceptives, women's uh, menstrual products, they should not have to pay extra for the privilege of being a woman. Let's make it fair. Yeah, because guess who gets to go in and go through the process of if they decide to terminate has to do that. Oh, yeah. Right? Add up the so health care costs sure that you, on that. Yeah, make sure that you look into everything before you put your opinion in on it. Good. I think we covered all the things for today. I think we did. Yeah. yeah went a little long today, too. We did. All right. Look at that. Friends, it's uh, snowing like a monster out here where our studios are in Kitchener, Ontario. Uh, not looking forward to going out there. I don't know about you, Scott. I don't know. Do you want to go longer on the pod? Yeah. <laughs> <I might laughs> Maybe just, the roads will be plowed. I might just stay here till tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great day, everybody. A lot of fun with you here today. We will see you tomorrow with another episode of After 9. Bye, friends.